CNN marks the one-year anniversary of the Ukraine-Russia war with a display of propaganda so grand it would make Hitler blush. You're watching the Propaganda Report's Drive Time News Blast. I'm Brad Binkley. Joining me tonight is Cam Harless, host of the Mad Ones podcast. Cam, before we dive into the Ukraine town hall, it just ended. It was from 9 to 11. I caught about the first hour and 15 minutes, and I, I scrambled together some clips, which just an extraordinary feat of propaganda is what <laughs> I witnessed watching it. But before we get to that, I think that we have to play some of these clips from something that some of you might have seen earlier today. I just saw them. It's from an interview that the forewoman of the Georgia special grand jury investigation, the, the grand jury here in Georgia that's investigating President Trump's and his allies, quote, efforts to overturn the 2020 election loss in Georgia. It, it, just for some background on that, this entire grand jury going on in Georgia is based on a phone call between Trump and Brad Raffensperger, the Secretary of State in Georgia, where the media claims that Trump attempted to pressure Raffi, who is almost definitely a CIA agent, if you look into his background, his family background, into fabricating 11,000 I need you to find 11,000 votes that aren't here. I'm going to break your fingers, Raffi. They make it sound like he did some uh, mafia stuff like that to him to overturn the Biden's win, when in reality, anyone who actually listens to the phone call between the two, which is over an hour long, it's obvious that Trump is, from the way he's talking, the, the votes are there. We know they're there. Let's just – you can allocate your resources elsewhere. Just find the ones necessary. So he was telling him, just find the ones that we know were stolen and cheated, and it was about resources, and your resources right. can be used elsewhere. And the media intentionally misinterprets that, and because of that, we've had a Georgia special grand jury. And the foreman of that grand jury did a number of interviews today that it's i have some thoughts on it have you seen any of these i have not no i just i remember okay. <laughs> i just remember them making that claim as though um him saying well find it meant go make them up like this is just ludicrous it, it, it's like they intentionally misinterpret every time he says something that's a joke they take it literal as though it's not a joke. It's just it, it, propaganda by intentional misinterpretation. I think you can add that one to the list of techniques that the propaganda people documenting, whoever, wherever they are, whatever university they're at, they can put that one on the list. I think that you're going to like some of these clips, Kim, because this... Oh, I'm although, so excited. Yeah, you're going to really like it. So we'll go ahead and start. I, I don't know exactly w which order these are in, but there are not too many of them. Here, uh, Her name, let me give you her name, by the way. Her name is... Where's her name? I don't know. Her name is Emily Coors. <laughs> and I, like the light? Like the beer? K-H, no. K-H-O-R-S. Yes. Oh, that's so here, much, much lamer. Here she is. We are starting in the state of Georgia. Fulton County District. And that's the wrong one. Hold on one second. Yeah. That, that, that's way too long. I don't want the six-minute clip. All right, hold on one second. Let me pull this out. All right, Cam, tell me something that's going on right now. So going on right now, right now, right I, now in your life. Yeah, I am uh, currently mixing images of Steve Derek Zoolander and Vladimir Zelensky together in uh, mid journey to see what kind of hilarity I can I can get for you. Thank you. Thank you very You're much. Welcome. It's perfect. Now I have the correct clip up there. Here it is. <laughs> this is Emily Coors. Did the grand jury recommend an indictment of former President Trump? I'm not going to speak on exact indictments. Look at that expression on her face there. It's like she's about to get tickled or something. Or she's about to tickle whoever's interviewing her. <laughs> that face That face says, you, you know. <laughs> right, right, yes. Let's <laughs> let her continue. Would we be surprised? Are there bombshells of who is... I don't think I don't think that there are any giant plot twists coming. I don't think that there are any like Did, okay. giant. That's not the way I expected this to go at all. Mm. I I don't think that's in store for anyone. I love the so nothing that would surprise people who have been following this. Uh, probably not. Um, I wouldn't want to characterize anyone else's reaction of course but 
So that was one we heard a lot in testimony. Um, but probably not. It probably wouldn't shock you. I would not expect you to be too shocked. No. And that includes uh, the former president, potentially. Potentially. It might. Okay, so they, for those that for those that are listening, they, she she has the expression of someone. If you said, "Are you throwing a surprise birthday party for so and so?" and they're going, "No, I'm not. I don't think I am." I'm, and they're just very happy to be at the center of attention of the, of the one trying to reveal the secret. And I think it's characterized very well in the the chats here by frightening me. So she has that FTX face. I think. Well, I was literally. I'm, I'm trying to get it out of my mouth. I was like, did they buy this broad from the same store they got Sam Brink- Bankman Freed's <laughs> yes, girlfriend? She's, right. She's very, or she that, has that whole. That Memphis cop. Yeah, she's right in line. You know, I think I might have seen a meme putting all those four together. She's just very, I, I, she's probably, what's the gen, generation below us, below the millennials? Gen Z. She has this very Gen Z TikTok type of just get, she's very happy to be on television. In fact, one of her interviews, you can see that she's looking at her at the monitor. Like you were on Tucker Carlson's show. That's a great impression. And you, you, when you look at the camera, you don't actually see Tucker. Oh, no, no, no. But not at all. And so she's not looking at the camera. She's looking over to like the left or right because she obviously has a television set up and she's watching herself and she's just like jumping with joy over the fact that she's getting to see herself while while this is happening. And she did a couple of other interviews (laughs) that gets just how she is in all of these. Can I show you? Can I show you the photo photo I made? (laughs) I'm sorry. this, This came out entirely better than i expected <laughs> wow it looks like he's gonna be in um cobra kai season six he's gonna be the villain with that headband he's got on there <laughs> what was your problem? this is how uh ben stiller will dress when he plays Zelensky in the movie <laughs> that's perfect dude you need to we need to go ahead and pitch this to stiller <laughs> it turned out so well that's fantastic. I mean, that's 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 perfect Zelensky right there. All oh, right, God. Here is this foreman in some of her other interviews. Okay, what we have in these. Oh, wait, this is a description of the journalist. So this is a little bit of background on her. Interviews is a window into the thought process of a special grand jury that heard evidence in perhaps the most legally perilous investigation of a former president in American history. A special grand jury led by someone who has never before participated in the most basic part of our democracy, voting. Someone who, during proceedings, drew sketches of witnesses like Senator Lindsey Graham and former Trump aide Mark Short, and who swore in at least who swore in at least one witness. I am not kidding here. Holding a teenage mutant Ninja Turtles popsicle stick. Yeah, even the MSNBC journalist is rolling her eyes and can't keep a straight face about describing this woman here. I mean, she looks like she's maybe in her, in her late 20s. She chose, she volunteered to be the foreman of this. And that woman called this the most perilous investigation to a former president. You can, the whole, the saying is that you can indict a ham sandwich because indictments like this, they don't hear the other side. They just yeah. present one side. So it's you can indict anybody if you really want to. So it's not really as important as, as what she's saying. But they're trying to the, the juxtaposition there. I, I wonder why they would even put her on to do these interviews because she was interviewed on MSNBC. She was interviewed on CNN. And I, I can't remember what the other network it was, but uh, I know she was interviewed by the AJC. All of them were, were uh, left-leaning, Democrat-leaning outlets so it, it undermines the credibility it makes it seem very biased when she says some of the things that she says and let, I'll, let me let you hear what she says next and then we'll continue that conversation did you personally want to hear from the former? she's raising her eyebrows and she has like a oh my god look on her face right now i <laughs> wanted to hear from the former president but honestly i kind of wanted to subpoena the former president because i got to swear everybody in and so I thought it'd be really cool to get 60 seconds with President Trump of me looking at him and being like, do you solemnly swear? And me getting to swear him in. I just, I kind of just thought that would be an awesome moment. So they're like children, children, Brad, yeah. children. Do you think she loves Trump or hates Trump? People are assuming you know, she that, hates It's hard Trump. to tell because the giddiness of like indicting him 
might be what she's going off on, or it might just be she loves him. Like, you cannot tell. You know what I think a narrative that could spin out of this? If this somehow gets blamed, because they always have to have some reason. It can't just be, well, there was nothing there to really indict and prosecute. It's really criminal. You have to have a, a well, it was, it was sabotage. I think that there could be a narrative of this was a plant who actually was trying to sabotage it on behalf of Trump. I, I would surprise me if we see it, see that storyline come out of the networks uh, in the aftermath of all this. So <laughs> I, I lived in Georgia for a year and a half, something like that, uh, several years ago. We didn't and know each other then. We did not. If we did, we would have said a lot of funny things in places, I think. Right. But person. I have to tell you, and this is not a slight on Georgia, but – if you hadn't told me it was a Georgia grand jury, I could have told you that girl was from Georgia. Yeah. She she has, you know, I just have to say this. I, I feel sorry for the man who sleeps with her <laughs> because his life is ruined. What are the odds that she's a horse girl, though? Oh, probably equestrian. Absolutely. So it's, absolutely. it's, it's she, I would say either horse girl or Disney adult. What's a Disney adult? A Disney adult are those adults you meet that are still obsessed with Disney, all things Disney, as an adult. Like the people who are married have no children, but still go to Disney World at least annually by themselves. Yeah, I have to say when you get a little older and you start to think about the fact that you're, you know, you're being coddled by a bunch of furries when you go to Disney World. <laughs> Although I, I had a fun time with my family at Disney World when I was younger. It oh, wasn't for that. Sure. Once I, you know, I got older and started reading conspiracy theories, it changed your perception of so, it. So if it's for, for, oh yeah, oh, Frightening Me says she's into Wicca, not joking. That doesn't surprise me at all. Like that, that does not surprise me. But at, when I was working at a um, insurance company, the woman that I worked with, her and her husband were huge Disney people. Like her, their two sons were out were no longer liked Disney, but they still drug them to Disney World two or three times a year. And you know, Thomas Kincaid one time did like an exclusive Disney uh, set of his you know kitschy paintings, and she bought the limited edition numbered ones of every painting Thomas Kincaid did for Disney. Yeah. Now, are those limited edition ones actually worth anything? Doubt it. Look, just look at her face going in slow motion here. Look at, her, look at her eyes just moving. She's like something from the ring. I mean, this is a psychotic girlfriend right here. You never, I tell you, I pity the fool. I just uh, love that Mr. we're really going say. deep in to like the psychology look, of this. Look at that look on her face, man. <laughs> Stay away from her. <clears throat> That's I, the girl in the movie that uh, tries to ruin the pretty girl in high school's year. Because the guy she likes, the football player, won't look at her. <laughs> right. I think it's great to, to look at the side-by-side the -side of the CNN anchor, the blonde, trying to be so serious. with This, this girl is just a psychopath with that yeah, look on she, her face, man. She, she looks terrifying, honestly. All right. I'll, I'll play this, and then we'll, we'll get over to the other stuff here. This is just too <laughs> Would you fun. say when it comes to there – are there are indictments recommended, of course. Is it yes. more than – 12 people? Is it more than 20 people? I think if you look at the page numbers of the report, there's about six pages in the middle that got cut out. Allow for spacing. Jeez. It's not a short list. Not a short list. <laughs> more, I mean, <laughs> when it comes to 75 witnesses, like, it, is it, it's not, I assume, of course, it's right. not oh 75 gosh. people. Would you characterize it as 20-ish people? I can't say I counted. <laughs> okay. More than a dozen, though, I think I'd heard you say in another interview. I believe so. That's probably a good assumption. Okay. I, I, I've met girls like that before. And it, it's the type where you, where you say something like, hey, uh, um, can you hand me that cup over there? And they just totally take a second to process and just have a weird reaction and think it was some – weird – it's just every interaction is just very weird and strange. And, and there's – Weird yeah, yeah, yeah. she's the stuff, girl you know? 
who when you say, hey, could you hand me my water bottle? She goes, oh my God, he's flirting with me. It, yes, exactly. He, he wants, yes, he wants to sleep with me. She's very much <laughs> like AOC, except AOC is not that awkward at all. But that, what is strange? See, some people might say she's an actor, and if she is an actor, then she needs to go be in movies and get paid a lot more. So I, I'm not opposed to the actor theory, but when it comes to stuff like this, you're going to make $900 a day on the set of a show. That's the, that's the day rate. It's changed a little probably since the internet has diluted what you can get paid. But you're going to make far less than you would doing this. If she's acting right now, she's a great effing actress. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I agree. I've seen I just just like that. Can I just say, I really appreciate that you allow me to just be mean as hell to, to anyone who comes across the screen. <laughs> yeah, Lacey Lou says she feels super special. Of course, can be do say whatever. I'm, I don't censor anyone. <laughs> she she has main character syndrome, I'm sure. You know, I, I had to stop myself too. She has main character syndrome. Absolutely. What I, you know, I kind of feel bad for her. But I don't think, you know, she has a TikTok channel. If she's smart, she'll spin this into a TikTok channel if she doesn't have one. This is the, this is the foreman. She's the, she, she asked to be the foreman of this grand jury that they're making such a big deal about. She looks 12. I know. I can't think there's any other reason for her to be brought out other than to discredit the grand jury, which, like I said, I think they're going to say that it was a plant. Uh, because there's a clip of her going around of her saying that one of her most exciting times during this whole process was getting to walk up to Rudy Giuliani and shake his hand because it was just such an honor to meet him. So that contradicts the narrative that she's anti-Trump when she loves or loves Rudy, Rudy Giuliani. Then you could just say, though, she just doesn't know anything about she doesn't. Maybe she's still thinking about the Rudy Giuliani when she was like three years old. That everybody loves. Yeah, or, or she's just, she, she, you, you can tell that she's just soaking in her 15 minutes. And good for her. And, and well, I think it's funny that there's anchors. I had 90 seconds once. And you did not <laughs> act like that. I tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> not, not at all. You didn't. Um, all right. So let's get into this really extraordinary display of propaganda that CNN did. And, and I saw this as I was preparing for the show and I was like, I have to do this. I, I can't not do this. And what was going on? Let me give you the, the background on this. CNN hosted a town hall. It started at nine o'clock tonight, marking the one year anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Hosting it was Fareed Zakaria, who is a regular at the World Economic Forum. And he was joined by uh, Biden's top national security officials, uh, Jake Sullivan, who is a national security advisor, and the United States Agency for International Development Administrator, Samantha Power. Now, Samantha Power was all over Davos. I played clips of her from Davos, and she is the wife of – she's awful. I mean, she's one of the worst. The wife of Cass Sunstein, who was or Sunstein, who was the propagandist for Barack Obama. Now, Cass Sunstein wrote a paper called Conspiracy Theorist, which documented the dangers that conspiracy theories and those who propagate them uh, uh, have on America and what needs to be done about them. So this, this is a family of propagandists, and uh, you, you might remember her in some of the clips, but they're talking here. They're taking questions, Samantha Powers and Jake Sullivan. And when I say they're taking questions, what I mean is there's a bunch of plants who are either people who are in Ukraine live, and it's a, a mother or it's a soldier, or they're people who are, are former military in the audience, and they're just a sounding board to give the, the propagandists on stage, Sullivan and Powers, the opportunity to spit out a bunch of talking points justifying the continued military spending and getting, giving our tax dollars to Nazis to, to destroy Russia and, and implement the New World Order. And, and they pair it by having these people pull our heartstrings. So they're trying to win the propaganda war with this. And I think they do a pretty awful job about it, but I think they tried really, really hard at doing it. And I don't – like I said, this thing just – happen so there's not gonna be a whole lot of setup to these clips but I, I don't think they really need a lot of setup honestly let me get this up on screen and, and the first one here all right this, this is probably the longest clip here by the way they started this thing out by having jake sullivan describe in detail biden's journey to ukraine to walk 
in the Capitol with all the the military, you know, air horns and sirens going off, which we all know was fake and staged, and we and we all know that they told Russia about it before. But he's still lying about it. It's just crazy. I mean, everybody knows that was a bunch of. B- I have a hard time not swearing when I get into some of this <laughs> stuff right here. It's maddening <laughs> to me. All right, so the first clip here. Okay, here we go. I'm just gonna play it. Oh, you gotta put it on the screen. It's a question for administrative power. Welcome. So this guy, just keep watching at home, listening at home. Just keep track of what the titles are of the people who are getting to ask the questions. They all served somewhere, and, and yeah, I don't want to ruin it for you. Thanks for the opportunity. What vital interest does the United States have in Ukraine? From a national security perspective, it seems that avoiding nuclear war with Russia is most important. However, the continued material support to Ukraine raises the possibility that nuclear escalation might occur. Our strategy seems to rely on the rationality of Vladimir Putin to not go nuclear. Is this wise? So this guy, before we hear her answer, this guy's not even committed to the role he's been given. It's just like they handed him the script. Is this the guy who played... um Yellow Jacket in Ant Man. I haven't seen Ant Man. You haven't? Have, no, I haven't seen Ant Man. Did you watch um, what's it called? the The show with Kevin Spacey where he was in Washington, House of Cards. Yes, that one. Did you watch any of that? Yeah. Okay. So the guy that how did he spoiler alert kills in the in the bathtub? I don't know about that because I can't remember it. But yeah, it's the no, one that the, like the, the young politician dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just that, that's he does. That's he looks like him. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, he looks like that guy. And, and so you, you see Samantha Power's face. She knows exactly the question is coming. The guy's tripping over. He's reading the script and he's reading it impassionately. And, and here's her answer. I'm going to focus mostly on the questions, but I, I thought her answer was uh, worth listening to. Thank you so much. Well, you've heard President Biden himself speak often to the importance of avoiding exactly that scenario. Uh, He's been very attentive to the risk of escalation and the strategy that has been pursued has been very measured. But what is at stake in Ukraine are values and interests so core to the United States. I mean, imagine just wanting your freedom. I want to pause there. Imagine just wanting your freedom. You can see how unlikable Samantha Power is. But for those (laughs) watching, do you see how disinterested this guy asking the question is? He had the side-by-side split screen. He doesn't care. He's been put there. He's getting a paycheck. And he he could care less what her answer is to this question that he is asking. But they, they changed it. They have different demographics of people and their obvious plants. They're not even trying anymore with, with this propaganda. And she's immensely unlikable. And your independence. I mean, this, this country is predicated on exactly those two values. Imagine the counterfactual where we walk away or we didn't show up in the first place. And what that would mean when a dictator who has shut down civil society, shut down independent media, shut down dissenting voices in his own country, then can just turn his sights on a neighbor and with impunity take over that country. I mean, what would that mean for our allies in Europe? What would that mean for our own security over time? So I think, you know, Americans understand bullies and the importance (laughs) of standing up to bullies. At the same time, again, we're very alert to the risks, uh, given that Russia is a nuclear armed power, as you rightly uh, uh, say. Uh, but that that is, again, how we are in the position that we are in now, building a coalition of countries coming together, making sure that this isn't just the United States and Russia, uh, that this, in fact, is Ukrainians on the front lines, Ukrainians doing the fighting, and a coalition of 50 countries rallying behind them, and including, actually, today, hundred more than 140 countries at the U.N., signaling still a year into the war their support for ukraine's self-defense okay so so all right so that guy's just like i I don't give a rat's ass give me my paycheck and my my donut and let me get the hell out of here he doesn't doesn't care what's the propaganda message they're delivering there very poorly are they delivering it they have a a a bald white guy who is an army an army vet who's delivering that question is he's reflecting the views of a lot of people Aren't you really just by continuing to do this, potentially putting us at risk at some nuclear uh, attack 
by Russia, is that worth it? You know, a lot of people have those thoughts. So reflecting that in her, the idea is that she's going to um, ease those thoughts by saying, yes, yes, but what if we do nothing? Which also is based on a lot of assumptions. So what do you think? I was just going to say, it just always surprises me, even though I'm very used to it now, how absolutely boring these people are in the way that they speak. Right. Like these are not the, how, how do these people get these jobs? Like, do they, I mean, I know we've talked about this before, but do they take a boring test? Like, are you, are you, is your voice so, so much of a bummer that people want to stop listening to you after they hear your main point in the first 12 words? Right. That's, that's a good, that's a good point. So I think the question is who are they targeting with this? I mean, this is heavy propaganda that we're hearing and what they need what they want to continue this ultimately is to get Congress to continue to okay the weapons packages, to not stop them. That, that continued flow of money and weapons to Nazi Azov battalion. And the way that that gets stopped is by our Congress people and our Congress people are pressured by the constituents and really the activists kind of take over that pressuring. So they can plant activists and stuff to try and manipulate that. So, so I, a lot like the, um, what was it? The, the incubators, babies and incubators that, that was a speech that George Bush used to persuade not, not necessarily the broader American public to a certain extent, but to persuade congressmen and women to vote in favor of his actions for war. And there was, I think uh, there was enough of them that would have prevented the war that later said, had they known it was fake, the babies and incubator story, the made up story. Yes. They would not have voted the way that they did. And so this is probably targeting those sentiments. Maybe people in Congress. I, I, I'm not sure. I, I just think this is very bad propaganda. Honestly, I, yeah. I think it's terrible. It's but not it good. Can, and, it, and like I said, I, I think that, I do think that they want you to think just a couple of things. One being um, this person is boring and serious, so we can trust their analysis of this because I, who am I going to trust the people who are boring and serious and dry, or am I going to trust Donald Trump who's boisterous and loud? Right. Right. And then, but it's like, and and you know what? Uh, uh, Was it Jojo? Rob, Rob. I don't know why. Whenever I go double names, I go to JoJo. Rob Rob said uh, she looks like the the Hobgoblin from the Spider-Man movies. Uh, yeah, she does k- kind of – she does have a very strong um, Willem Dafoe face. Yeah. <laughs> she does. Actually, she very much could play, you know, an alternative university Green Goblin. Absolutely. But yeah, it's just yeah. they, they, they don't want you to listen to all of it. They want they want to hear you to hear the first four words and then drone out beyond that and, and i think that's part of it for certain audiences and i also think the fact that this guy is in the army and I, so i think the idea is to appeal to that population of people who are concerned about the issue who have military experience and are concerned but i don't think this is, that this is doing it now ne- now we now we start to and this is where i just kind of go to the questions because this whole thing was presented as they're going to be taking questions from the audience to which i was like okay great maybe some people will push back just just notice the type of like we saw here the type of audience member questions we get here here's the next one Let's bring in uh, Igor. Igor is a soldier in Ukraine's territorial defense forces. He's working as a tactical medic on the front lines for his safety. We're not going to tell you his last name or his exact location. Wait, let's bring in (laughs) Igor, whose name we're not going to tell you. This is great because they they actually got him to pause the filming of Cloverfield 4 just to make this video. (laughs) But he is on the front lines in the east of Ukraine, just a few miles from Russia's troops. You go for someone. For those lis- listening, there's just a super close-up film shot, like somebody holding a camera right in their face. A Blair Witch Project. A helmet and, and, and beard. You can see nothing behind him. Who's been living on the front lines day and night. Give us an idea. What is life like out there? So, hello, everyone. Uh, of course... The situation on the front line zone is uh, difficult. It depends on many factors. Uh, if we speak about uh, our direction, direction of my unit, we have a lot of talent. 
basically we have fights uh, every day and uh, every night you know now uh it's night in ukraine and uh, some time ago it was uh, day enemy <laughs> yeah um our enemies try to break through frontline zone uh yesterday only in our direction the enemy had hundreds of died soldiers and uh, what should they say we continue to hold our territories does it feel to you like uh the russians are trying to break through i mean does it feel like there's a lot of new russian forces coming at you yes it's true okay well <laughs> that, that part there yes is true I, I I don't know who this guy is. I don't know if he's really out. I, I do believe that I do. God, I do believe that's what Kamala says, that there are people who have been roped into fighting and dying into this on false pretenses. And I, I do feel for them. And, I, and this guy might be one of them. I, I don't know. But it, it, he is just being used as such a tool for propaganda. And if you'll notice, I included some of these at the end of clips. I don't, I don't know if I did on this one. Uh, of the way F- Farid, after he's done with them, he goes, okay, thank you, thank you. And he just pushes them away. And they goes, okay, next person. And he just doesn't give a rat's ass about them uh, at all. So if this guy is legitimately over there fighting, then I, I just I, I pray that he, he wakes up to what's going on and how he's being used over there. But this is just totally a ploy to try and put in front of us someone who's really being, uh, the Russians are coming after him all the time, uh, uh, have that human touch to it, the, the people on the battlefield. And I think it's disgusting, especially if that guy is not in, like acting and if he's like legit fighting uh, and thinking that he's you know fighting for something that he's been lied about. I don't know, it pisses me off. I'm with you on that. <laughs> okay. Oh, and, and for those of you who can see the background, and you'll notice it in some of these clips, let me take this down for a second. So the background behind Cam and I is it's Sullivan. This is from the town hall, and there's a picture of Zelensky just over his shoulder. They weren't even talking about Zelensky. They just had a picture of Zelensky over their shoulders the entire time. <laughs> so much they adore this man. <laughs> I'm making I'm making Ukrainian propaganda in, in with AI while we're doing this. Just FYI, I now, will I will share my propaganda with you shortly. Here comes the questions. Now we start to hear, now the questions are all all we need because the questions are the propaganda, and that's where this starts right here. Invasion of Ukraine. One year later, I am joined here in D.C. by National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan and USAID Administrator Samantha Power. And joining us again from the front lines of the war is Igor, a territorial defense soldier in the Ukrainian military. Igor, I know you have a question you want to ask Jake Sullivan. Does he want to ask that, or was he told he has to ask that? That's like The way that he said that is just like, go F yourself, Fareed. We know this is staged. We're not stupid. What would you like to know? Um, uh, yes, I have a very specific question for Mr. Sullivan. Is the U.S. government planning or considering launching the production of ammunition specially for Ukraine? I mean, uh, 155 caliber shells, 120 caliber mines, and of course, uh, HIMARS missiles. Do you consider this plan? And if your answer positive, could you please tell me uh, when are you going to realize this? Thank you. Was that a shopping list? Yes. So, so, so Fareed, very directly, almost, Fareed said that almost like a threat. I, I know you have a question. So go ahead. And it's, well, are you, when are you going to give us these guns and weapons? And they did this at Davos, too. All, they were, all of these women who were probably in their mid-30s, and they put them around all these old guys, like 80 years old, and they, they would all praise them because of their fight for democracy. And then they just pitch them for more weapons. And that's what they're doing here through this guy, is this guy's on the front lines, and we know you have a question. Tell us about the weapons and the ammunition you want. It's just, I... I don't know how to convince somebody that this is just trying to bamboozle us into World War III other than just showing them this. Because if they can't see it, then they are – what did you say earlier that that girl was? A horse girl? 
the horse girl, you had a you had a special uh, comment. You had something to describe here. That that's how they are because that oh that is so clearly what this is. Yeah, I don't I don't remember. <laughs> no. All right, we're going to continue here, and I think this is the next the next question. I'm not even going to the answer for most of these because you don't need to. The answers are just for them a sounding board for them to say the same propaganda they always do. Uh, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin every month gathers 50 countries together in Europe in order to take stock of our progress. And every two weeks, President Biden authorizes a new package of ammunition to send to Ukraine. And we are trying to ramp up the numbers of that as rapidly as we possibly can, because we recognize that it is so central to your success in the fight. Okay, so so right there, I, I left that in because... 50 countries. So we talk about how Ukraine, Russia, and how it's just crazy that Russia says that this is a war between Russia and America and Russia and NATO. And we're just openly talking about how we have 50 countries ganging up (laughs) on Russia. (laughs) You know? Yeah, you're a bully. We have 50 countries ganging up on you, you bully. (laughs) You're so so powerful. (laughs) Yeah. So, dude, yesterday I – I've been playing around with those shorts on YouTube and I, I cut like just like a five second thing and it was stupid. I, I'm just messing with it to see what happens. I, I, I didn't even think the clip was good, but I, I was talking about Biden going over to Ukraine and I was like, you know, and before he left, Biden slipped another 500 mil in Zelensky's back pocket to which Zelensky right. said, why are you shortchanging me, dad? And, and I, I made that into a short and it has like 2600 views and one of the comments somebody calls me a russian propagandist which i thought was hilarious <laughs> okay you idiot <laughs> you dumb ass yeah i feel bad for him all right dude those youtube is like the worst place for for comments i had really someone is. watch a month like an, an episode from october of last year and just dog my guest yeah for and for what Re- for no reason and i was just yeah. like man these are these are not happens, good people man. <laughs> i'm gonna find that though that's great. all right here's another the next question i believe igor thank you so much for joining us we pray that you and your compatriots return home safely to your families um you know, we have uh, Igor up there. Okay, so that transition is what I want you to pay attention to. You, you, like, that was very insincere. He's so insincere about all the transitions. That's why I left it in there. Uh, because of Starlink, uh, Jake, and I wanted to, wanted to ask you something that's always puzzled me. We, the Ukrainian army is able to communicate with its, with, with, among itself. Ukrainian society is able to communicate because of Starlink, which is essentially the, the, the will of one private individual in the United States. Elon Musk. Um, yeah. Is that how it should be? And, you know, pe- people in Ukraine have told me they worry that if Elon Musk loses interest in them, that will suddenly turn the battlefield dark for them. The Ukrainian army won't be able to communicate with one another. Okay, so his answer is just is stupid. I... I, I <laughs> left in her answer. Now, her answer is actually pretty interesting because a lot of people love Elon Musk, but here's a reason maybe not to. And if I could just add yeah. one thing, Fareed, just on the specifics of Starlink, as it turns out, that was a public-private partnership. It was actually a partnership between USAID uh, in getting the terminals delivered in a timely way. I mean, within days, if not hours, of when Putin invaded. Uh, so, you know, it would be very hard for a CEO from far away to know where they should go to have the connections on the ground with Ukrainian officials because USA and the U.S. government has been working with the Ministry of Digital Transformation, with the cybersecurity experts on the ground. I mean, one of the untold stories of this war is how secure Ukrainian communications have been, notwithstanding Russia's known proclivity for, you know, hacking and and uh, trying to use asymmetric means uh, in order to destabilize countries. Uh, that's the product of years of partnership with the Ukrainians. And so often when you see a private sector actor, and one as important as this one, we can't discount that, but it also stems from some hustle and some catalytic work by U.S. government actors, frankly, in order to get out of the way and just bring the private sector together with the Ukrainians who know what they need and when they need it. Uh- 
Uh, okay, so so yeah, it, Elon Musk, and I, I think most people know this. He, he has a lot of government contracts, and she seems to be taking offense to the fact that he suggested that it was Elon Musk that was in charge of this. Now, didn't Elon do something recently where he said he was not going to let them use? I, I don't know the full details uh, of this story, but that he made a statement anyway that he didn't want to let them use these Starlinks anymore because right. that Zelensky will cause World War Three. This panel discussion happened tonight this town hall and that doesn't come up so i I, i'm curious uh, and they said that that guy was connecting through starlink which to me this is propaganda that is fueling world war three so that contradicts what elon musk was claiming now maybe elon did do some things i i I don't know Uh, but i I think elon sometimes you know he says a lot of things that i I agree with uh, that maybe some of you agree with but i also feel like he's just trying to play the role and he does it on Twitter. He, he very rarely does it uh, in spoken words. Sometimes he does. But I think after that SNL performance, he tries to stick to the, the, the <laughs> tweets. You know what's crazy, dude? Is I, I forget about it. My friend Josh reminded me of this the other day. Somebody listening, and maybe you're listening right now, sent me a script of all of the sketches that Elon Musk was in before that SNL happened. And when I got it, I was like, I don't know. I didn't want to report on it because I didn't know if it was going to be legit or not. And then I'm watching the SNL show, and it's, it is. It's the entire script for SNL. that The person who sent it said they knew somebody who worked on the set, and they sent it, and it was dead on. And I have to say, if you still know that person and you're listening, send away whenever you have somebody like this on in the future. I was pretty surprised about that. But... Yeah, Elon's got some questions, definitely. Although, do you think Twitter's better right now or no? Um, I still haven't gotten my account back, so it's the same for me. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. There are some some pluses. I really do like the community notes calling out the president. That's really cool. Yeah. As compared to it just being um, all, you know, whatever... uh, jackass that works at Twitter making all the decisions about misinformation. I like the transparency of that. Other than that, I don't really know if I care. Yeah, there seems to be some weird um, blockings, but you know, it's not gonna, I don't know. I don't really trust Elon. I, I, yeah. I try to, I, I try to I, not yeah, buy me, into some of the... Let me go run and trust a billionaire. <laughs> yeah, but like happen. the richest person on the planet. Okay, I think this is the next question here. Let's see. I want to bring in Artem Kulik. He is an interpreter for the International Rescue Committee. <laughs> He's a native Ukrainian. Artem, you have a question for the National Security Advisor. I do, yeah. I wanted to ask, do you have a regret that if United States has started supplying weapons earlier, a lot of innocent lives would have been saved? What kind of question is that? If you, he's talking about regrets, and the regret is, do you think you should have supplied all? Didn't we start supplying weapons like immediately after this started? And that's the, the these are not real questions. I mean, this is such a, it's just crazy that this is on our television. I, I say this a lot, but like we look at North Koreans and think, oh, those poor people don't know what's going on. And we see those videos. I think the North Koreans look at us and go, oh, those poor people don't know what's going on. Looking because this is just stupid, right? Look at the picture in the background. Did you notice that behind him? Yeah. Like this is an audience full of CIA agents that are all bald because they all wear wigs all the time. Where's that photo behind that guy? There's the there's the trucks. There's a snowy background because there's the the, the snow right now, and they've been talking in the news about how the snow's going to melt soon, and when the snow melts, Putin's coming back in. The evil's coming back. Just what a whole demonstration this was of just manipulation of the mind. Can I just say it's crazy that it's already been a year. It really does feel like yesterday. You know, the older we get, the more, the faster time goes. It's true. That is true. You know why that is, right? Uh, No. The reason that time goes faster when we get older is when we're younger, 
we haven't experienced all of the things, none right. of the things, right? And so the things that we remember most in our minds are the most like emotional, uh, uh, just things that affect us, you know, physiology, our whole bodies, our emotions, our, our, our brain, just everything. Those are the most impactful moments, you know, and those are burned into our brains. And when we're kids, everything is burned into our brains like that. Because yeah. we've experienced, and so it goes slow and slow. But once we get older and our routine becomes the same thing every day, it, it's uh, um, <laughs> our brain just kind of gloss over it. Because okay, it's so the same thing. Yeah. So I've been trying to make a, a a propaganda poster out of Zelensky, and I'll I'll show you what I've got. But I, what I need from you is I need you to guess who I mixed Zelensky with to get this. All right. And then I'm going to tell you something that's really kind of right. funny before about you, it. Before you put that up, if you want to slow down time, and this is true, then do something that you've never done before, either every day or whatever, because that is how you slow down time. That's like they've studied yes. that a lot. That actually works. All right, now go ahead. Well, I haven't done this before, so. Oh, my gosh. What did I mix it with? Zelensky and? He's got a six-pack, and he's got... I know who that is. Is that, is that way, Sylvester Stallone? Is that Hitler? No, it's, <laughs> it's the, I did, I mixed, I said the village people, but they're all Volodymyr Zelensky. Wow. The village people that ripped or well, is Volodymyr I, Zelensky that ripped. I himself? don't know, but I keep mixing it. And the more I do it, and I'll show you this, the more, and I don't know if this is like, um, AI noticing a pattern here or something, but he the more, like in that photo, he the yes the more i i mix it the more i do it the more he looks like hitler uh here let's see here it is here's here's the the most recent one he looks wow he looks exactly the more like seriously i i i keep is mixing in his face you mix it with michael malice <laughs> michael malice slash hitler is Zelensky. yeah no he does i mean if anybody was going to be a modern day hitler it would be him I'm not, but isn't that crazy? I mean, he keeps coming up more and more Hitler. Well, maybe the AI is learning correctly. <laughs> because I mean, look at this little fella. Look at this little fella, right, right, right. The second, the the top right. Yeah, That's Adolf looks, Hitler. He, he looks just like him. It's crazy. <laughs> and and he's leading an army that has Nazis in it. So we're giving all the weapons yeah. to him. It's all incredible. Right. Let's continue with these. After that, CIA agent goes up. Yeah, right. So, can a moment to talk about a potentially disturbing escalation in this war? Will China begin to arm Russia? Okay, so that I, I thought that was funny the way he said that because they actually don't even get to that. But I also like the imagery. So, in the background on this set on CNN here, you have this logo that says Russia's invasion of Ukraine one year later at the top, and, and one year later is in red. Then you have uh, Kiev, the capital, which it looks like Disney World, kind of. And then you have an explosion to the right, a big image of an explosion. Then you have what Vladimir Zelensky carrying somebody's baby, probably did not consent to that. No, wait, that's not Zelensky. <laughs> Zelensky's to the left. I don't know who this person carrying somebody's baby is. Then there's another <laughs> explosion to the left. It, it, it's, it, it's just, this is just... I'm surprised they didn't accidentally add in a photo of 9-11, the towers burning. <laughs> it might as well have. This will be studied. <laughs> in 50 years, this will be studied in propaganda literature. Just like stuff we did during the, the Gulf War is studied in propaganda literature right now when you study that in college. This will be studied. This is extraordinary. All right. Begin to arm Russia. We'll talk about that when we come back. Shut up. <laughs> These people fake clapping. That dude looks like he could bite the head off of a toddler with his with that with that mouth of his watch him talk no, three looks like he goes like he goes to bed and wakes up in hell every day with, with this expression <laughs> I and mean, he does welcome back to washington dc and a very special cnn town hall russia's invasion of ukraine and behind farid is a photo of somebody standing on a tank f waving a, a ukraine flag right now one year later i want to go live to kiev ukraine and bring in Larissa Karsnikarnow, a mother of three, she has a question for USAID Administrator Samantha Powell. A mother of three in the war zone has a question. This is one of the best ones right here. Lisa, welcome. What is your question? For, 
Uh, first, I would say I would thank to all American people for the unbelievable level of support. Uh, sorry to stop it again. She's holding multiple pieces of paper because she's reading from a script right now. Yeah. Seeing this horror began. My father is 60 years old soldier now in Ukrainian army is fighting to protect and defend us. My children are able to go to school and we have hit because of what you have given us to protect our families. All my friends and family, we are really very grateful for your, for all American people for your help. And we want to live normal uh, lives in a peace, uh, but Russia has brought war to us. I would like to know if Americans see how similar they are to Ukrainians. And uh, do Americans understand that we share the same values and we are just like you? We love our families, we love our children, we want to progress and we want to have our, uh, uh, want to see our children happy and safe. I would like you to know that we do not have hate in our hearts and we do not want to take peace from anyone in this world, even though the, the world has come to us. Please don't believe misinformation about us. And can you tell me, please, how the normal American feels about us? Well, was that a question? I, I, I could. That was a chore to listen to. You heard all of the points that she was trying to get through her scripts. And again, she's waving papers that she keeps looking down, reading from very nervously, in fact, while Powers here is waiting for her to get through it. But this idea that do Americans know if you're that they're just like us? I have a family too, and here's a picture of my husband and my two kids, and that we, we we do not want to do torture to anybody, and that you do not trust in misinformation. From she's they, they just checked off every single effing talking point, and then the question is, what do Americans think about us? This is how can anybody? And we're going to have Samantha Power answer this question for America. Yeah, we don't even need to answer. That's that's all. That's all that you need. Because what Samantha Powers does is she talks about normal Americans and what they really think about. Actually, I think I did include that on here, but that that was one of the most extraordinary questions I've ever seen. At one of the, they're all staged and they're all scripted. I, I've never seen one just so blatantly chalked full of propaganda talking points than that one right there. And the idea is obviously to connect people, say, oh my gosh, they're just like us. We better continue to support the sending of aid over there. We better continue giving money to Nazis because of this woman and her family. And here is her answer. Give me that answer. I'm going to post Getting the terminals delivered in a timely way. I mean, within days, if not hours of when Putin invaded uh, so, you know, it would be very hard for a CEO from far away to know where they should go to have the connections on the ground with Ukrainian officials because USA and the U.S. government have been working with the Ministry of Digital Transformation, with the cybersecurity experts on the ground. I mean, one of the untold stories of this war is how secure Ukrainian communications have been, notwithstanding Russia's known proclivity for, you know, hacking and, and uh trying to use asymmetric means uh, in order to destabilize countries. Uh, that's the product of years of partnership with the Ukrainians. And so often when you see a private sector actor, and one as important as this one, we can't discount that, but it also stems from some hustle and some catalytic work by U.S. government actors, frankly, in order to get out of the way and just bring the private sector together with the Ukrainians who know what they need and when they need it. Uh so there were, that answer was very, very long. That was the last portion of it. The, the first portion of it, she said the American people are very connected. They're very supportive of you. I thought I included it. I must have uh, clicked it out uh, unless it's later on. But she said the talking point that Kamala said the other day where I just have you know that if you came over to America, you'll see the flag in all the corners uh, of the United States. Right. Uh, and I don't You're know going to Montana what, for it. Though, I don't know I what kind of symbolism or if this is weird position. You see how he's sitting here? He's like got a circle around his crotch the whole time. You see that? <laughs> what is he doing right there? Like he's going to have sex with the air. I don't know what's going on with that imagery there. Oh, get that back down. But okay. So now next they bring on a 14 year old. Okay. <sighs> they bring on. Oh, a- is it the girl from Georgia? The foreman again? No. No, no, 
No, it, it's not. It's uh, it's they bring on a 14 year old who's been affected by the war, and that's where it's, it's just it's awful that they're this kid doesn't know any better, and here she is. Catalytic work by U.S. Oh, government actors. Okay, skip forward. I already played that. Sorry about that. I'm skipping around. Like I said, I cut these right before the show, and. Well, at least we, we, we know that there's catalytic work being done. <laughs> of course. I want to bring in our team, Kulik. He is an interpreter for the uh, International Rescue Committee. I wish I got that one. Get way forward. Here's Fareed. Fareed has probably killed a lot of people in his life, I had to guess. Right here. All right. Here's the 14-year-old. Lisa, thank you. That was just a wonderful moment. Um, you see how insincere he was? <laughs> just a wonderful moment. Let's go live to Russia now. CNN's Fred Pleitkin is in Moscow. Fred, you've been in Moscow for much of the conflict. Tell us, how do ordinary Russians see all this? Okay, this is not the 14-year-old. Um, he's obviously not 14 years old. No, that's a 14-year-old. No, so I, I, yeah, I like I said, I just cut these. So I apologize. And how are they living their day-to-day -day lives? Hi, Fareed. Well, I would actually say a lot of Russians see the war in Ukraine very similar to the way that Vladimir Putin sees the war in Ukraine. If you look at the approval ratings for Vladimir Putin, we always have to take them with a grain of salt. But according to an independent pollster, they're at around 80% at this uh, point in time. And I would describe the support for the special military operation, as the Russians call it, as not necessarily enthusiastic among most people. And I think one of the things that Administrator Power said is absolutely correct. Dissent is obviously very dangerous here in this country. Nevertheless, there are things that Vladimir Putin is laying out there in his reasoning for going to war that do resonate with a lot of Russian people. There are a lot of people here in this country who believe that the east of Ukraine is essentially Russian territory, historically Russian territory. There's a lot of people who believe that that territory was infringed upon by the United States, by NATO, and that somehow this conflict now is one between Russia and the West and specifically between Russia and the United States. So right now, there's no public pressure on Vladimir Putin to end this war, and it certainly doesn't seem as though he's inclined to do so anytime soon, Fareed. Okay, I included that clip because of that comment at the end there where he said somehow those people in Russia see this as a war between Russia and NATO and Russia and the United States somehow. How could they possibly see it that way? Yet earlier on in the town hall, they talked about how they get together with 30 other nations and talk about the progress on sending weapons to support Ukraine. And Samantha Powers talks about how this isn't just the U.S. and NATO. It's also Ukraine fighting them. It's because it's very obvious that this is not this is a war between NATO and U.S. And, and it's just what, what a disingenuous uh, wingbat that MF is. <laughs> right. Dis, disingenuous wingbat that MF is. I, yeah. That's my favorite thing you've ever said. Thank you. I don't know You're how welcome. I got. I don't know if I cut the clips wrong or what happened here. I think I might have, unfortunately, because I was trying to do it quickly. Hold on one second. All right. Where is that fourteen-year-old? No, that's the one I wanted you guys to see. Uh, yeah. Okay. Here she is. All right. This is fourteen-year-old. <laughs> this guy in his big old mouth. <laughs> here she is. A very special guest <gasps> joining us from Kiev. This is a fourteen-year-old Lyra. My team first met Lyra in September when we were in Ukraine for an interview with President Zelensky. She's an amazing young woman. Lyra, hello. Good to see you again. What would you like to ask? Good evening. Most children feel the safest around their close ones. What? Can I, as an average Ukrainian teenager, rely on Americans to make me feel that type of safety? Samantha Power. Well, I think, what? as you know firsthand, Lyra, um, safety, the feeling of safety comes from a lot of things. Above all, knowing that those around you uh, are safe. It must be harrowing for you uh, to know that your loved ones are likely to be called out to fight on the front or are on the front. Safety comes from being in your school and knowing that you're going to be able to continue to learn the ability to know that you're going to have food on the table the next day or that you're when you try to log on uh, to do your schoolwork, that there's going to be electricity. 
And what we're real quick pause there. This is part of the way they they want everybody connected. It's like the Obama phones. They they want everybody connected because they ultimately want to get everybody on the the AR. They know the VR is not going to work. They they want everybody on the AR. So they first got to get the planet totally connected to the internet. So they love giving away free internet. What we're trying to do as a government is attack all of those issues that Putin is trying to undermine and destroy at once. Did you see the 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 bottom th- lower third there? It says Ukrainian teen question. Can I rely on Americans to keep me safe? That, that's what it says in the bottom of the screen. That's essentially what she asked. She said, can can the Americans make me feel safe? Right. Yeah. That's some emotional battery. This that's is not, propaganda. That's not even right. manipulation. This is what I'm talking about, about extraordinary propaganda. Is you put a child up there, and, and I think there was a comment to the in the chats here about a uh, throwback to the Gulf War and the babies and incubators thing. Yeah. Is this is they're using children. I, I realized reasons. what he looks we- like. Fareed. Is that his name? Fareed? Fareed, yeah. I remember I realized what he looks like. Who? <laughs> One of the Goombas from Super Mario Brothers. He kind of does look like that. <laughs> Just look think of it look at this picture. Look at his mouth and then watch this dude talk one more time and tell me. Uh, I see what see you're it. saying with his mouth. His mouth is jacked, but his eyes is where the evil is. His eyes. Yes. Yeah. We all long for the day where you can walk freely with your classmates, not worry about having to to scamper to a to a bomb shelter, not wor- not have to worry about your loved ones or yourselves. Uh, when your neighbors and your friends and your family members are not off in some distant country where they became refugees, but they're back home reunited with you. And as the president has said, we are with you uh, to the end. We will stand with you. Thank you, Lear. Um, we're going to bring somebody else in from Ukraine. Did you see there how he just dismissed her? Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And she tried to talk and he just, (laughs) he's an, he's an a-hole. Yeah. He's a Goomba. He's a complete a-hole. Okay. Uh, So that's what I got from those clips. I know that was a bit disjointed, but like I said, that happened right before the show, and I didn't even get the second half of it. But the, so CNN's trying to present itself as this reformed network who they got this new guy in here from CBS, Chris Litch, whatever his name is, and they got Stelter out of there, and, and they're going to bring more Republicans on. I even saw an article today where they promised more Republicans, but it's always the establishment Republicans, you know. Oh, yeah. It's, it's never anybody who questions anything that they bring on. And then they roll something like this out. Is There's nothing unbiased. There's nothing legitimate about CNN or any of these other networks. I know you guys know that. I, I'm honestly, after watching just an hour of that, uh, I, I am just, I, I'm kind of blown away because it reminds me of if you ever look at the World War II propaganda posters where it has, it, it, it depicts the enemy, the Japanese, the Germans, whoever, or the World War I posters too, same. And it has them just stabbing babies with bayonets and like a baby just pinned up against a tree on a bayonet and stuff like that. And it makes the the faces of the soldier just warped and evil, kind of like that one you put on screen there. This to me seems as extreme as that, just modernized. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, 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 it, it doesn't work like, uh, uh, someone asked, um, was this supposed to tug at my heartstrings? And I'm like, yeah, not you. Was, yeah, right. Not you, but for the people who are bought in at all, like some 14-year-old girl saying, can I trust you to protect me, is going to make white women all across America start throwing dollar bills at Zelensky. Totally. And that's really all that's going to happen. Zelensky can go be like a male stripper, a little tiny short male stripper afterwards and get dollar bills thrown at him or, or rubles thrown at him. Maybe if he goes to Russia, rubles but, sound like they're, they're hard. Like yeah. It sounds like hurt. it's going to hurt. Rubles <laughs> if you're going to make a lot of money, you're going to have a lot of uh, uh, bruises the next day. I don't think it works. And watching that, I, I, I just, I think they've kind of lost the plot on it. I, I don't. I think they're not connected to the global public, and I think no. they're trying desperately to. But I, I, they unleash this thing called the internet, and they're trying to rein it back in with all the chat GTP and all that, and, and make it impossible for us to search stuff. But I, I think it's gone too far for them, and so I think when they have to do propaganda this bad, I think that that is a good sign. Quite honestly. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, this is think, bad. This is, this is, it's, it's too much. It's too on the nose. I don't even know how I would, like if somebody like came up to me tomorrow, tomorrow and was like, Hey, did you see that CNN Ukraine town hall for the one year anniversary? Man, I'm thinking about, I might go fight over there and you, or you know, something crazy like that. Or I, I would just, I don't, I don't think that person exists. I did get some comments that there are people in California, some for some, some yeah. listeners that, that do have some Ukraine flags up. That is California. I haven't seen too many around the South down here. I don't know about you. I've seen zero. Zero. Me too. Hopefully it stays that way. Okay. So I think that's going to wrap it up for the, the DMB and the DMB XR, you know, I think we're going to keep it casual and I have a couple of just, ridiculous stories that I have marked the past few days that I haven't gotten a chance to, to get to. And uh, I can just, we can just go through them and we can get your reactions about these stories. Cam, are you up for that? I'm down for that. And I also have been mixing a picture of you with Hansel Fantastic. from Zoolander so that we can pair you and Zelensky together with those. And you can be, in, you could be a sidekick in the movie. I can't wait to be a sidekick. <laughs> in Zelensky. Just, what would the aliens think? If they saw what was going on, what's what's funny is there's a there's a pic with the picture that I used of you has the green alien woman in the background. Yes, so she's in (laughs) most of these pictures. Fantastic! That's my astronaut university picture, which I am doing an astronaut university show on March or April first, I think it is in Atlanta, Georgia. So anybody in Atlanta can come check that out. I'll have more details in the coming weeks. Cam, you're more than welcome. I get you. I get you, and you come check it out. Yeah. That yeah, sounds like fun. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening and for putting up with my my, my clip malfunctions tonight. Uh, <laughs> Cam, thank you for your comments and your analysis and the good time as always. And we will talk to you guys next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day. 